0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW, void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey,
1: thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of 3AM. If you want to support us, visit our Patreon, where patrons have access to exclusive content. If you're not able to support us monetarily, don't worry. This episode is on us. You can still rate and review us on whatever platform you listen to us on. It really does go a long way. You can also follow us on social media. Our handle everywhere, including Patreon, is the 3 am Pod. Finally, do you have any scary stories? If so, submit them to our website, the3ampodcast.com. We're anxious and excited to hear from you.
2: Special guests and off topics in this segment, anything goes, you're listening to 3PM.
3: Us today no okay Sean do you want to introduce today
1: hi everyone out there welcome to 3 a.m. what is that it's a podcast where we tell f- stories <laughs> f- stories <laughs> you nerd <laughs> this is uh how I describe my my uh, free time to people outside of this too they're like oh what do you do for fun I tell stories <laughs> like, why am i alone (laughs) (laughs) it's all starting to make sense now are you guys embarrassed to tell people what our podcast is about actually no i
3: I am
2: (laughs) a lot of times yeah why it sounds so juvenile (laughs) but it's mostly with people like who don't know me Mm -hmm. that i like get so what do you say what's the conversation like I just tell them, oh, we have a scary story podcast. I'm like, ooh, scary stories. And I'm like, but it's not like dramatized <laughs> or anything. And, like, <laughs> I don't know why I'm so afraid of like dramatization. Yeah. Because it comes off as try hard to me, you totally. know? And like, we, like from the get go, we never wanted to be like, and he came out of the woods and. <laughs> heard a creak and like we never wanted to be that yeah and then the babysitter <laughs> yeah. like <laughs> yeah so our selling point is always just like our personality and like just like cracking jokes our lack so of personality that's yeah so that's the person personality just none
4: dude i liberally tell people about your guys's podcast i'm like oh by the way if you're missing something in your life go listen to this podcast and you will find what you're looking for
3: real quick uh, I'm Charlie I'm DJ I'm Sean And that voice he didn't recognize is
4: I am Seth Mitchell oh! Charlie's cousin oh! The one and only His favorite
2: <laughs> I believe the Alpha and Omega Seth, The goat it's Really <laughs> goat. the goat Seth has uh, probably like 20% of our catalog of stories <laughs> have come <which> from Seth <laughs> is a hefty chunk
4: I so. just watch a lot of Unsolved Mysteries And that's where I'm getting these <laughs> stories from
2: Just stealing. That's what it's all about.
4: (laughs) By the way, if you've never seen the original Unsolved Mysteries, go look it up. It is
2: amazing. The Unsolved Mysteries that I know is like the BuzzFeed one the TV show. No. That's not the one you're talking about. No, this is
4: like one that started in like 1989. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Pause. (laughs) It's too good.
2: Huh. I've seen this. (laughs)
3: dude this terrified me as a child
2: (laughs) crop circles (laughs) what how do those how do they work
3: but honestly some of the some of these stories are
2: truly terrifying
3: anyway yeah
2: why don't you go ahead and tell us about yourself
4: okay so i'm from las vegas i was born and raised charlie and heather which is charlie's younger sister and my older sister Audrey and I were best friends growing up. Like I think he's mentioned it before, but like 30% of our childhood was spent together doing all sorts of shenanigans. Um but like every single time we found out that we were going to see each other or Charlie and Heather were coming down, it was like Christmas day. It, we were that excited. Um but I am still living in Las Vegas. I'm in my second to last semester of dental school going to become a dentist house of horrors, you know, (laughs) um, not only for the patients, but for me too. Um, and I've got two kids and one on the way. So that's fun running on a couple hours of sleep because my little baby's not cooperating. But, uh, so if I doze off, if you ask me a question and you don't hear an answer, (laughs) you'll know why.
3: Seth informed me last night that um, when he graduates, he can do our grills for us. Oh, yeah. Whoa! Dude, grills nice. are so easy.
4: I'll do that all day. Really? What? <laughs> when I'm making my 10 or 15 mil, um, <laughs> I will throw in so much money into your podcast. It's not even funny. There you go.
3: <laughs> and if you want to throw in money to our podcast, visit our Patreon <laughs> at... I don't know what our Patreon is, dude. (laughs) It's not set up. At this point, it
2: will be when you hear this episode. Anyway, dope. How was growing up in Vegas?
4: Oh man, so well. First of all, everybody when they hear that you're from Las Vegas, and seriously, everybody asks, "Oh, so do you live on the Strip or near the Strip?" And you're like. Yes, I'm a drug addict, psycho, homeless person. <laughs> right on the,
3: right in the Bellagio. Yeah.
4: <laughs> like, I just, yeah, I just go and take dumps right on the sidewalk in front of everybody. Uh, no. So, everybody asks that, but, you know, Las Vegas, the actual city, is pretty small, and it mainly consists of suburbs. So, but, nonetheless, it's a pretty wild town, um, of course, and... I mean it's anything you think of Las Vegas it really is kind of like that it's extremely hot it's got a ton of crime my dad was a district attorney prosecutor there for 30 years and when he was getting ready to retire I was like so dad are you getting nostalgic like are you going to miss it and he just flat out was like heavens no I like I, I I did not really enjoy my job it's like I was constantly prosecuting like the most despicable people and so, talk like he, he did
3: very violent, crazy oh, yeah. crimes. So,
4: Charlie mentioned one of the crimes. Um, he shared it on one episode, but my dad came home after work one day <laughs> and we were all watching TV and he just comes in all solemn and he's like, Hey guys, uh, I need you to go upstairs because I need to watch something for work. And we're like uh, nine or 10. And we're like, what is it? What is it? We want to watch And he's like, no, no, I need you to go upstairs. And we're just pestering him. And so finally he's like, it's surveillance footage of a bartender that has just closed up the bar and a man breaks in and beats him to death with a baseball bat. And I have to watch it. And that's it. So you don't want to stay and watch? (laughs) We're like, no, we're good. (laughs) No, but it was, I remember when he told us that, all of our reactions, like our stomachs just, just sank. We were like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you actually. I think we had like a therapy that. session upstairs Seriously. after that. Like we talked about it for an hour. Like I can't we we're all we all felt so sorry for my dad that he actually had to watch that, you know, real footage of somebody getting be- beaten to death. So
1: nice. Yeah.
4: <laughs> but yeah, there's there is a ton of crime in Las Vegas and that'll never change.
3: So how many times were you almost kidnapped?
4: Uh for me twice for some of my siblings probably at least 3 or more times um and is this serious? You dead ass. Dead. Dead <laughs> serious, yeah. What? <laughs> oh yeah. Go,
2: go through them bro. You're, okay. you're like talking about it so casually. Yeah.
3: Like, yeah, no. Well, I like, was tied to a chair in a an abandoned steel mill, mill <laughs> and uh <laughs> No, but they're kind of like that.
4: Yeah, no like so one of the stories is
3: like,
2: we went to the beach
3: in Hawaii.
2: <laughs> well, if somebody, we'll I got sunburned. if somebody kidnapped me in Hawaii, they couldn't take me anywhere. They <laughs> yeah. just go around the block and they're like, this is as far as I can go. Bro, <laughs> Uncle Tito, shut
4: up. <laughs> <laughs> you get in can your I van. Can I go home now, man? <laughs> Dude, yeah, but no joke. Like, there are two separate times that I can remember. And the most memorable one was me and Charlie – And Audrey and Heather, we were walking to my friend's house who lived. Now that I'm thinking of it, they lived kind of far. They lived like four miles away.
3: (laughs) And we're like, we're gonna walk through the desert.
4: Yeah, no joke. Okay, so let me explain. Like, this will give nice context for future stories. So, my parents have lived in the same house in Las Vegas for almost 30 years now. And when they moved into this house, it was truly in the middle of nowhere, it was like sitting right out in the middle of the desert. And think,
3: so, like, quintessential desert.
4: Yeah, sagebrush, thorns, all that crap. And, like, just piles of rubble and crap all over the place, you know? And so for miles around, it was just desert. And when we decided to go to my friend's house, it was, you know, there's a few more homes starting to come up, but still for the most part, there wasn't that much. So we start walking down the road, and we're probably... 50 feet off the road and we're just in the desert and eventually we get to you know a part where there's more houses and then we hit like another vacant desert lot and at one point we're probably about halfway there we're walking along and then this truck pulls up and it's just going really slow and it starts pulling over into the rocks and the window rolls down and the guy that's driving it goes, he's kind of laughing and we see in the passenger seat, there's another guy and he's got a video camera and he's filming us. And they're both like being really weird and chuckling and laughing. And the driver goes, Hey kids, have you seen our dog? And they like start busting up laughing when they're saying this. And we look at him just kind of in horror and we're like, no, we haven't seen your dog. And the guy's like, are you sure? <laughs> you know, And we're like, what in the hell is happening right now? <laughs> and we're like, yeah, we haven't seen it. And we're still walking. We pick up our pace and they're still following us and they're still filming us. And so we just start veering off into the desert because we're like, okay, they can't follow us. They're not going to just go bouncing through the desert following us. And probably for a good 50 yards, they were just driving along in the rocks filming us, chuckling to themselves. And so I guess technically we don't know what they were trying to do, but nonetheless, how much creepier can you get filming, I don't know. What were we, 12? 12, 13-year-olds, you know, no, that's, a, that's and a... asking us if we've seen their dog. Um, And so eventually they drove off, but that was one of the really <laughs> creepy, memorable experiences that I've had almost getting kidnapped or what have you. The other time was, I was walking home from, I think I was fifth grade, and some guy just pulled up on the side of the road, and he was like, hey buddy, uh, do you want to ride? And I had no idea who this guy was. At least, maybe he knew me, or maybe like it was <laughs> one of the dads of the of one of the kids in my church or something but i i did not recognize him at all and he's like do you want to ride i know you live close by and i was like uh no thanks he's like are you sure <laughs> i was like yeah i i'm fine and i just kind of started walking faster and i remember he's just sitting there on the side of the road and I keep walking, and I keep looking over my shoulder, and he's sitting there. He wasn't following me, but he sat there for a while, and I just kept walking faster, and eventually, after I kept looking over my shoulder, he had left, but I was like, now that I'm older, I'm like, dude, (laughs) what is wrong with the people in Las Vegas? What's going on? There's all sorts of crazy stuff, but
2: that man was Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs>
4: yeah. <laughs> okay. probably so it's not going
3: to happen again. So that was uh-huh. Warren
4: Jeff's, everybody. <laughs> I am now a polygamist.
3: Uh, <laughs> uh, did you ever hear Charlie's story of when he almost got kidnapped? Yeah. Do you know it well?
4: Yeah. I know. I do know it pretty well. Yeah. Okay. Tell, tell that one. Okay. So
2: Charlie is your older brother?
4: <laughs> he is. Yeah. So Charlie once was walking home from school and. Also, in a previous episode, Charlie Hatch has told about how our family used to live like right down in the heart of the ghetto in Las Vegas. And so Charlie was walking home from school in the ghetto in Las Vegas. So there's all sorts of shady biz going on. But anyway, he's coming home and two guys, it's always like two dudes, they pull up and they're like, hey, buddy, do you want a ride? And my brother's like, uh... No, thanks. No, I'm okay. And they're like, are you sure you can get... Oh, wait. Maybe I don't know it as well. (laughs) Was Scotty there? Do you want me to try?
3: Yeah, you tell it. I will tell you the exact way Charlie told it to me and feel free to interject or correct. Yeah. So Charlie's walking home and a white truck pulls up and it's two guys. And one of them like stops and steps out and like steps towards Charlie. And is like, hey, little guy, you want to ride? And Charlie is like, no, thank you. But the guy is coming closer and closer to him, right?
2: (laughs) Emphasis on little guy. He he went, hey, little buddy. (laughs) I've got this red balloon. (laughs) Is is it Pennywise? You want to take a ride? Want to (laughs) float?
3: So the guy is getting, we're laughing, but this is terrifying. Um, (laughs) So the guy steps closer to Charlie. And is like, come on, like, we'll get you right. Just hop in the truck and puts his hands on Charlie and starts picking him up and putting him into the truck. And as fast as he can, Charlie thinks, uh uh, hold on, let me get my brother. And uh, they're no, like, okay, okay, that's So right. the guy sets him down, and there was a random kid walking home from school. And so Charlie goes, Scotty, Scotty. The kid doesn't look at him because it's not Scotty. So he like <laughs> takes two steps away from the guy and he goes, Scotty, come here. And then the guy's like watching him and he runs up to the kid, grabs him and goes like, these guys just tried to kidnap me. Run as fast as you can. Pushes the kid to run and he just takes off. And the guy jumps in the truck and they like peel out, turn the car around, and they're chasing Charlie down the road. So Charlie goes through yards and jumps a couple fences, and these guys are searching the neighborhood for him. And he's just jumping fences, running across cinder block walls like as fast as he can, jumping, running, tuck. And he's like crying because he's almost getting kidnapped by these guys. After like thirty minutes, he loses them, and uh, he can like hear their truck like far off. He's totally lost him, and he's like panting. And he goes home, and he gets to his house, and he just picks up a basketball and starts playing basketball. <laughs> and
4: he didn't tell my parents that story until, like, 15 years later. <laughs>
3: so my mom had no
4: idea. She was and in
3: the room when he was telling us, and she was like, "Yeah, what? She's She's like, what?
4: Charlie! <laughs> He's like, yeah, dude, just as a kid, you forget about that stuff <laughs> and get distracted. And <sighs> but he he was go in play the basketball. truck, though.
3: In the truck. Ugh. Yeah, and he just thought real quick. Hold on, let me let me get my brother, and they let him get out of the truck.
1: Dude, did you ever see that kid again?
3: I think he knew the kid from school. Oh, yeah. yeah,
1: see, and I had forgotten.
4: I didn't know if my brother Scotty was actually really there or not, but yeah, apparently not.
3: Uh, That's just how I remember. Yeah.
4: (laughs) That's good enough,
3: man. All right. Next childhood story I want to hear from you is your mom sicking you on some children.
4: Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sean's actually heard this one, I think. (laughs) Um, So real quick, I just want to say this. like One thing that I want to touch on is a lot of the stories that I have aren't your typical scary stories, but they're stories that invoke a lot of fear, like stories of heightened, intense you know, acute fear that you experience and kind of that fear, just it being so innate in every human being can save your life or, you know, save you in certain situations. And so a lot of my stories are
3: like that, but also Seth won't say this, but he was insanely in shape and fast <laughs> all growing up. So he like set the record for the mile at his middle school and he beat this kid in track. This is all all irrelevant. Who is pre Olympian like insanely fast. I'm dead ass. His vert was like this high
2: but you were still kidnapped three times.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Just Olympians out there kidnapping people. (laughs) It's it's a crazy circuit going on. (laughs) Uh, But no, I believe it. (laughs) (laughs) Like what was your mile?
4: Say it on air, please. (laughs) In seventh grade, my mile time was five nineteen.
3: And then, what was your like record for your (laughs) for your (laughs) high school thing? You set
4: so in high school, I ran cross country and I ran a sixteen hundred in four fifty seven.
3: That's really fast.
4: (laughs) Again, I don't know if this information needs to be said or not, (laughs) Charlie. One (laughs) hundred percent, very important. Um, but okay, so yeah, so one time my mom and I were going up to my old high school to pick up this girl that was in my mom's seminary class. So one day we were going to pick her up and take her to lunch. And the way my school was set up was, it was kind of at the very end of this really long road. I mean, maybe two or three mile road that went up this long hill. And again, there's nothing but desert on both sides and just a walkway for the students to walk down. So we're driving up this road and... As we're getting closer to the school, we see all these school kids walking down this path, and we see these two boys, just like two normal-looking school kids, probably probably in, like, ninth grade. And we see that a few paces behind these kids, there's, like, these two skater kids with a girl, and they're kind of catching up to them quickly. And I'm watching this, and I'm, like, thinking nothing of it. But as we're getting closer these skater kids and this girl, they come up to the side of both of the other kids. And right as they get to the side, they just both deck the kids, like just hit them as hard as they can, knock them down on the ground. And they're just like punching the crap out of them as they're on the ground. And my mom sees it and she's like, holy shit. Like, (laughs) And she pulls over and as she's pulling over, the skater kids that have just beaten up these other kids, one reaches into the kid's pocket, yanks out his iPod, and they take off running. And we fly into the rocks. We jump out of the car. We go over to these two kids. They're both totally bloodied. Like one of them has just blood pouring down his face. They're super out of it, disoriented. And we go up to them, and my mom goes, are you guys okay? Are you guys, you know... Did they take anything? And one of the kids is like, oh, took my iPod. And my mom just turns to me and she says, Seth, go get them. How old are you? I'm like 19. (laughs) And so I'm like, okay. (laughs) Yes, mom. So I just take off running after these kids. Now these kids, their pants are like at their knees. They're sagging so much. So they're waddling as fast as they can down this trail and i'm gaining on them and at this point a
2: mile
3: ahead and such yeah
4: well they're like they're probably like 130 (laughs) yards away and i'm like really getting close really fast (laughs) because they're going really slow and i'm going pretty fast and as i'm chasing them down i'm not gonna lie to you I, i was like feeling very exhilarated i'm like dude i'm i'm really gonna just do some work on these skinny little moron you know (laughs) high school kids but then it occurs to me i'm like oh crap well there's two of them so like if i tackle one of them and i'm like pummeling him what's the other one gonna do like he could pick up a rock or he could have like a switchblade or something so i'm like playing i'm going through all these scenarios in my head like how's this gonna how am i gonna work this and as i'm getting closer i'm literally like Thirty feet behind them, and they have no idea that I'm there. I'm like, <laughs> I'm this phantom beast that's about to just <laughs> rain hell on them, or at least that's how I pictured it. But <laughs> <laughs> and um, as I'm just about to get to them, I hear sirens, woo, and this cop car comes flying in front of me. You know, comes flying right into the rocks, and a cop jumps out pulls out his gun. He's like, get on the ground, get on the ground. They turn around, they drop on the ground and two other cop cars come flying up and they all jump out and they grab these kids and they grab the girl. And I just remember turning back and walking back to where my mom was and being kind (laughs) of (laughs) disappointed because I was like, I'm glad they got caught, but I just, wish they got caught by me. <laughs>
3: um, but also your mom sicked you on some kids. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs>
4: the fact that my mom was like, Seth, go get him," I was like, wow, all right. Um, but uh, that was quite an exhilarating moment in my life, and that reminded me, even though me, it didn't come to fruition.
2: Have you ever seen the movie Get Out? I haven't.
4: I've heard all about it. I've heard you guys talk about it, but yeah, where she's that like, get him, to- "Get him, get <laughs> him,
2: Grandpa!" Oh. and he's running after him. Yeah. There's yeah. a
3: dude in there who runs like this, like, <laughs> but he's like all fast and locked on, <laughs> and then he like, mm. it's like a missile. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's funny. I'm going to request one last one and then, and then we'll like let free stories. Whatever. Is that all right?
2: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. <sighs> I have benefited from therapy in a way that it's allowed me to feel a lot more light. Lightness in my heart, my head, my emotions. If that's something that you are needing, if that's something that's missing, uh, give therapy a try. Give BetterHelp a try. Uh, We want to hook you up um, by getting it off your chest Uh, and it be a little lighter on the wallet. Uh, Go ahead and visit betterhelp.com slash 3 am And you can get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H E L P dot com slash 3 AM.
0: Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay. I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> there was that race oh, one. Yeah.
2: Are, are you talking about the, the van? <laughs> no. Mm. But yeah, that's a good one too. But uh, tell us about the race. <laughs> so
4: This is... This is an extra special story because this has no element of fear whatsoever. (laughs) I mean, you you were were truly terrified. Yeah, Yeah, no, I was terrified. Okay. Yes. (laughs) I'll take the adrenaline route. My adrenaline was pumping. So there's your fear. Anyway, um, so when I was in seventh grade, I had, you know, as Charlie mentioned, I had gotten the school record for the mile. So I was known as like a fast kid in P.E., and my coach liked to think that he had taken me under his wing. And, you know, <laughs> I was his mentee or whatever. He even was though I said you were fast. Yeah, even though I couldn't have cared less. And I like wore skater shoes to every mile run and like whatever. <laughs> but anyway, so probably halfway through the school year, I had heard rumblings from my actual PE teacher that he, was, he would say to me like, oh, there's this girl in the girls PE class that thinks that she can beat you. And I was like okay, you know, like, good thing I'll never have to race her because we don't run with girls, you know? Like, you only run with your, you know, male classmates. So I just didn't think anything of it. So one day, it's just some random day in PE, we go outside, and I'm thinking it's, like, any other day where we're playing, you know, (laughs) four-square basketball or whatever. And again, I'm, like, wearing my
2: Etnies. (laughs) Just the thickest tongue. Just, like,
4: the most hideous, thick, bulky cement shoes, you know? And, um...
3: What a dark time in male fashion. Oh, dude. <laughs> the, Osiris. the Osiris. <laughs>
4: oh, oh my God. Did, oh, you, saw, did Osiris you skate is, too? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, and see, here's the thing. I I really wanted everyone to consider me a skater. But I was the suckiest, most <laughs> wannabe poser skater <laughs> that you could ever imagine. That's the thing; like, you
2: didn't have to skate, and like, you still had those shoes. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. oh yeah,
4: <laughs> dude. But those, just um, in
2: case you needed to kickflip, you know, yeah.
4: dude. I'm so glad that you brought up the Osiris's though, because <laughs> there's nothing more tragic <laughs> that have ever been invented than those bad boys. But anyway, um, so we go out there and. Sure enough, we were just doing normal stuff. We were, you know, playing basketball or whatever. And probably like twenty minutes into PE, my coach calls in everybody. He's like, "Hey, everybody, come on in here. I want to talk to you." So he gathers the whole class. Now, keep in mind, like Las Vegas schools are big classes. Like there's a there's probably eighty, you know, kids in my class. So he gathers us all up, and we, you know, we all sit down. We're outside, and he he's like, "Boys." <laughs> Today's a special day. <laughs> and he's like cuz something very special is about to happen. And he turns to me and he called me Mitchell. Like this guy was your stereotypical like gym, gym <laughs> teacher. <laughs> Mitchell? <laughs> Mitchell? On a scale of 1 to 10, how are you feeling today? <laughs> and I like I had no idea where he's going with this. So I was like, I don't know, 8. <laughs> and he's like He's like, "Well, that's good." because you're about to race the fastest girl in school. (laughs) And almost like at that moment, it was like straight out of a movie. Right as he's saying that, I like turn my head towards the girl's locker room. And this girl, (laughs) like the door swings open, no joke. And this girl that in my mind, she looked like she was like seven feet tall. (laughs) She comes walking out in cross country flats. She's like, ready for this. She's prepared.
3: She's stretching and just staying at you. Yeah, and I'm
4: wearing like an extra large like stained, like chocolate milk stained PE shirt with my Etnies. And she comes out like ready for an Olympic run. And all of the kids in my class were like,
5: Oh! <laughs>
4: and i'm like oh my gosh are you kidding me coach like this is the dumbest How thing
3: irresponsible could've... dude of no, I know. so like it's at like the very last mayhem.
4: second he's like you're about to race so she comes walking out and i'm thinking okay no big deal it's like any other mile run that we usually run in pe you know and where the whole class runs it oh no my coach has set this up so it's just me and this girl we're going to race in a mile and everyone is going to watch us race so i go up to my coach and i'm like uh coach because i didn't know this can i go into the locker room and get my real shoes like some like better shoes and so he's like yeah i'll I'll come with you i i just have a few tips for you (laughs) so
5: i was like oh gosh
4: so Ugh, he comes uh, with me into gross. the. Gross. <laughs> of course, he like, has what a kind tip of tips, for
2: you. What you like, He knows all the boys are
4: out here. <laughs> He's like, I've got some, uh, I've got some good creams that I, I want to rub on oh, you, know. Know. you. You know,
2: Mitchell. Uh, <laughs> oh we we'll stick it to you. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so, we go back into the locker room, and I'm getting on my like super nice used basics (laughs) you know (laughs) that my brother Charlie passed down to me um and as I'm putting on my shoes my coach is like now Mitchell I just want to tell you something that I think you you know an approach that you should take during during this race he's like when when you are sprinting when you are running your fastest you're faster than any other person I know and he's like now, you may at some point get tired racing this girl, and she may pull ahead of you. And if she does, that's okay. Just keep her within a reasonable distance. And then on that last leg, on that last turn, you really just give it your all, and you sprint. And I have no doubt that you'll catch her and you know pass her up. And the funny thing about this is, as he's telling me this, this is literally the exact same thing that my mother had told me about a week earlier. And my mom was like, well, this is, this is what you do. And she just said exactly what my coach said. And so I was like, oh, great advice, coach. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so I go out there. And again, I still didn't know that I was racing just her. And I've come walking out. And my whole class is standing off to the side. And the whole girls' class is standing off to the side. And I'm like, uh, as coach, like, aren't we all racing? He's like, no, you're racing just her. <laughs> Her name was Mandy. He's like, no, it's just you and Mandy. Shut out Mandy. Yeah, wherever you are. Um, she's probably in the Olympics. No, but... Um, so I'm like, oh my gosh, you you got to be kidding me. And I've always been a nervous person. You know, like, I get nervous easily, especially with competition. And by the way, <laughs> dental school is the absolute worst, because it's nothing but competition <laughs> and arrogant SOBs. Anyway... Shout out to dental school. Um, But as I'm going up to the line, one of my friends in my ward, when I say ward, that's my church, he comes up to me and he goes, you know, this is kind of a lose-lose situation for you. (laughs) By the way, he wasn't really my friend now that I'm thinking of it. And I'm like, oh yeah, how do you figure? And he's like, well, if you win, so what, No, no big deal. Boy beating a girl. He's like, if you lose... You're the laughing stock of the school. <laughs> and so I was like,
0: thanks Dickhead. for that. Yeah. <laughs>
4: it's like, wow, oh, that was really encouraging. Get out of my face, you <laughs> idiot. So, so he steps away, and I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, this is happening. So we line up. And my coach is like, ready, go. And we start running. And no kidding, for the first, so it was four laps around this field because the field was a you know, approximately 400 meters. And for the first three and a half laps, me and this girl are stride for stride right next to each other. And I'm thinking, dude, I can barely keep this up because she was so tall. It's like, she it had like her, two l- feet on you, right? Be, <laughs> no joke. Like she was way taller than I was. Because he's at the
3: beginning of seventh grade and she's like the end of eighth grade. Yeah. <laughs> so she's gone through I'm puberty. I'm a shrimp
4: and she's... <laughs> like a full woman and (laughs) and so i'm like dude i'm not going to be able to keep this up and we're on that last lap and we're just about to round the last tree of the straightaway that's going right up towards the locker room doors and that was the finish line and right at that moment i just think all right this is time (laughs) So I just start sprinting as fast as I can. And I I remember specifically thinking in my head, she's going to sprint right along with me. There's no doubt. Like, she is going to keep up. And remarkably, she didn't. She just, like, didn't have anything left. And I'm just sprinting as fast as I can. And I remember as I'm getting closer, both classes are there. And everyone's just going nuts. Everyone's just (laughs) seeing me coming in. And I'm just running as hard as I can. And I get to the finish line. And I remember immediately falling onto my knees on the blacktop. And I was just like, oh, this was, this was such a nightmare of a day, even though I just won. Um, and she eventually finishes. And my whole class surrounds me. And they're, like, patting me on the back, whatever. It's just this, like, dumb middle school race. And everyone's, like, treating it like it's just this monumental moment. So we finish. And I go and, like, shake her hand and you know pe is all finished and the next and i go home and i tell my mom what's happened my mom is like you know a little a little too proud <laughs> <laughs> my whole family was um but the next day this is what is truly ridiculous to me so the next day in my very first period class <laughs> we're sitting there and the the intercom comes on and they do the school announcements and this is what they say they're like and we'll be having pizza for lunch today. And in breaking news, <laughs> yesterday Seth Mitchell and Mandy so-and-so raced for the mile record of the school, and Seth Mitchell defeated <laughs> and they named this girl. So, like, not only was it bad enough that she lost, but they announced it over the intercom like, to the never whole-
3: forget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: So that now everyone knows. Like in case you weren't in that PE class, <laughs> here's what here's how humiliating you're like losers.
2: Loser. They're like join in for a moment of silence. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mandy. Rip Mandy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they announced
4: it and I was like this is fantastic for
1: me, but horrible for this girl, you know? But you're kind of a monster, you know? Everyone's like, wow, you <laughs> know how much you want to bet that all of the faculty just had money writing on that? <laughs> yes, <laughs> seriously. They're
3: like, we're That's bored. you to make <laughs> like, it happen so this much. was
4: planned for a longer time than I realized, you know? <laughs> <laughs> there were stakes in it. I don't know, but like, so they announced that and everyone in the class was like,
3: oh, wow,
4: oh, crazy. And they they announced my time and everything and, Again, it was flattering, but like now that I'm i I'm an adult, I'm like, dude, what kind of system were they running over there? That's so
3: like dog eat
4: dog world, so so cruel.
3: And she moved away. You never heard from her again, right? Yeah,
4: no, like I ne- seriously. She like, had oh what? Away. No, like I never knew what happened to her. You know, like she
2: died. <laughs> yeah. You didn't see her she, l- run past you because she died she back there. She got pneumonia. And <laughs> and like, everybody left her on the field she to actually, decompose.
4: Ironically, she got polio. <laughs> she, <laughs> she, she became paralyzed. and couldn't run ever again. She <laughs> got
2: the big dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's but crazy that the teachers put that on. And it was like okayed by everyone. Yeah. Did you have any other crazy teachers? Dude, Seth had a
3: teacher who accidentally let something slip one time in class. What? That happened twice. Oh
4: yeah. So and dude, okay, middle school is such a horrid time of life. <laughs> it really is. Everything not only not only the teachers, but the you have no idea about what cool is. You think you're like trying to find cool and you're really just like the <laughs> dweebiest person on the planet, you know. But, especially in Las Vegas, there's no good education in Las Vegas. It's it's one of the last in the country, honestly. So, one day in my, let's see, what class was it? It was my American history class. We had this, like, big, huge, fat guy as a teacher that was just a lazy bum.
3: This, is, this story is truly terrifying if you think about it. Yeah. But continue.
4: Yeah. And... He just did not do any work. You know, he just, you, you knew that he was there just for getting paid, didn't care about us students. <laughs> he drank like a, a, a pack of Coke every period. <laughs> oh, gosh. And so one day we get to class and we walk into the classroom and the first thing we see is the TV. And so you're stoked. You're, you're like, yes. Oh, no. We're doing no work. We're just watching a movie. So,
3: Bill Nye, baby.
4: (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Magic school bus. Yeah, dude. At that point, I was happy with whatever I could get. So, we walk in, sit down. The guy's like, So, we're going to be watching this this movie that uh, Mr. So and so referred to me, and he named some other science teacher. And he's like, I think it should be pretty good. It should be pretty applicable to what we've been learning lately, which was nothing. <laughs> so it'll be applicable to just his lifestyle, I guess. I don't know. So he puts it on and the opening credits, it's the Band of Brothers, <laughs> which is like TV mature. It's like, you know, normal rated R TV show or movie, but none of us recognize it. We had, it was really new at the time. So it just shows like, you know, clips of war or whatever the intro, and then 30 seconds in, the very first scene, this is what it is. It's just, like, the the camera's panning outside this, like, log ca- cabin in the woods, and you start hearing, like, sexual moans and groans, and you're like, what the heck? And then all of a sudden, the camera's inside the cabin, and you just see... Just
3: full on porn.
4: Full on porn. No joke. Like this this woman, super busty, just nude woman, is riding some dude. Like no kidding. And she's just like screaming. And and the funny thing was, because the guy was so big and fat, he was so slow to like get up and like waddle <gasps> over to the TV. <gasps> He's like spilling
1: his close. <laughs> He's
4: like, Oh wait, wait, it, it gets better. Ah, I mean yeah, it gets worse. Um No, so he's like, oh, oh. So he like stands up, and all of the dudes in this class are just like, (laughs) their mouths are just agape, like,
3: holy boy, accidentally put porn on in front of a middle school class.
4: (laughs) And um, so he's making his way to the TV, and the people on the TV are just doing all sorts of stuff, (laughs) rolling around. So finally he gets to the TV, and he turns it off. And everyone is just, like, dead quiet. <laughs> Nobody knows what to say. And he's like, oh, man, sorry about that, everyone. And he starts kind of laughing, like, I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> um Let's not go talking about this to any of your friends, or to, or to your parents, or to anybody. Or
2: talking about it on a podcast. <laughs> yeah. What like was his name again? Years. Where does he live? <laughs>
4: yeah. His name was Mister Perv. No, but um, and so and then everyone started like busting up, laughing, nervous and, laughter. Yeah, nervous laughter.
2: What grade was this?
4: This was seventh grade. So mm. all sorts of f- fun things happened in seventh grade. Um. So yeah, that happened, and I remember, I you know me being like this nice little Mormon boy. I was like so shaken by that that I was like, I just
3: I I need to repent,
4: like (laughs) I need to go and fast and pray. (laughs) I don't know how, but this is my fault. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs)
3: Like
4: like maybe I like you know through ESP told them to put that on because I really wanted it. Uh, I don't know. Oh gosh. (laughs) No, but like. (laughs) So I just, like, I didn't know how to cope with this. I was like, this is a- impacting my life. Um, so I went home, and I didn't tell my parents until uh, years later. That was a trend with me and my brothers. We didn't tell
5: our parents <laughs> anything. Uh,
2: That's a podcast idea that we had. Really? Yeah. it's something The, along, the original the before this, our podcast idea. We're thinking about calling it uh, Don't Tell Mom.
3: Dude,
4: so it's all the stories okay, that, that you've like you never yeah. wanted to tell your parents. Yeah. This is definitely something that we
2: can still make happen, you guys. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, along the line of like crazy teachers, I remember I had one. It was in fourth grade. We were playing a lot of basketball, and also, do you remember that Disney Channel show where they would bring in kids who made up their own games oh, or their yeah, own baby. sports? Oh yeah. Oh, what was it called? I can't remember. I think it was like it was Z called. Games or something. Yeah. Oh my god. But they would gosh. play them live on on the show. And, like, me and my friends were obsessed with making up games, and that's what we were doing. So it was on the basketball court, and right next to the court was, like, this. There's a fence that went down into, like, a ravine. It was, like, all cemented, though. Yeah, kind of like a ditch. and like Like a pit? (laughs) Like, it just, like, ran, like, on the edge of, like, the property line of the school, and the basketball court was right next to it. And the fence was, like... Four feet high, maybe five feet high. So you could easily jump it, you know, as a kid. And uh, when you get to the other side, it immediately just starts going down. And it's maybe like if you're in there as a as an eight year old kid, like you could I couldn't see you, you know. So teachers would always say like, "Do not hop that," you know, just in case anybody gets hurt. The problem was the basketball court was right there, and our ball would always go over the fence, you know, very common. So. We were always jumping in, grabbing the ball, and the teachers would be like, No, like we'll have like an adult get it, but like nobody's gonna wait for an adult to go and get it. Like we're gonna go get it ourselves and whatnot. So we did this so many times that our teacher got so mad at us. It was lunch and then recess. And then after recess, we all went back to class. So she she knew we jumped in after, you know, months and months of her telling us, don't do it. And she is screaming at us in class. She gets up in front of the classroom. She grabs her scissors and holds it up in the air.
4: No, you lie.
2: I'm not lying. <laughs> and then she grabs the basketball and she stabs the basketball and pops it. And she's like, no basketball. And you know she
4: had wanted to do that for so long.
2: I think back, and that's so terrifying. Like, that wouldn't fly. That wouldn't fly. And, like, I... <laughs> I think now it's like you know how like today's culture is like all progressive everyone <laughs> like the a common phrase is it's 2019 yeah. you know you know get with the times how can that happen
3: it's 2019
2: and like back back then like those things would fly but like was were there any movements where people were saying like it's 1998. <laughs> Get stabbing. with the times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you know? so. I do not think they cared. No. Yeah. no, I don't think they cared about the
3: year or time. We're still heathens back then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you tell on air your story about the locker room? Where did you tell us that story? He told it last episode, didn't he? Was that locker here? Room. You, you you haven't heard it because we haven't released yeah. it. Oh yeah. Okay. What yeah, yeah. was it on? Here, yeah. It was. was it on air? It was oh, because that
2: story blew my mind. You'll you'll hear that. <laughs> oh, in a future episode. It's <laughs> a <the> fun one. <laughs> <laughs> scary, scary teachers or, <laughs> dude, yeah, <laughs> that was the best. Adults in this education system. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, cool. These are fun stories to get to know you and the area that you grew up in.
4: Oh, well, I'm only getting started. <laughs> oh, oh,
3: oh,
4: oh, oh yeah. So I have to share this one. This one is my personal favorite. One thing that me and Charlie and Heather and Audrey loved to do all the time was go and toilet paper people. (laughs) And just in case any of you don't know what that is, you should immediately stop what you're doing and go and do it after I explain what it is. You go to someone's house, preferably somebody you know and hate, and you just have a crap load of toilet paper and you just decorate their house and trees and yard with your toilet paper and your it's, hate and it's got to be used toilet paper uh, <laughs> <laughs> no yes you just yeah that's it, meticulous oh yeah dude <laughs> using
2: it making sure it all stays intact and then <laughs> carefully rolling it back up yeah <laughs> that's why it's so fun and worth it uh, hate
3: hate really is the most important ingredient though in that is <laughs> it's definitely. a labor of
2: hate yeah
4: definitely um <laughs> There's no better feeling than, you know, an act of hatred, and rape. <laughs> Um Let it flow through you. Yeah. That's, that's my mantra in life. Anyway, uh, so we went toilet papering all the time. But I think this was the first time we had ever done it. <laughs> so we were all timid going and doing this. But this is how it went down. So my sister Audrey, and again, we were like 12, 13, that range. Everything great happened around that time. So Audrey was friends with this kind of douchey, rich kid. She wasn't really friends with him, but, you know, like, knew him. And he lived in this gated community. And Audrey had other friends in this community that she had been to their house before. And so she knew the gate code. And one night, we're like, we should go TPing tonight. It's the best night for it. So Audrey's like, let's go and TP. And I'm going to say his name. I don't care. No. I'm going to violate okay. HIPAA. No, <laughs> um, no. So we decide to go and TP Jordan's house and not Jordan Elmer, but <laughs> anyway. You would though. Could be. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so we go to this dude's house, but we really prepare for this. We get in all black clothes. We get ski masks and my sister Laura is going to drive us.
3: Laura, did you know that she was... Fifteen and a half. She said she had her permits for like four days. She didn't even have. We convinced her to drive us.
4: (laughs) And uh, yeah, so we tell Laura, we're like hooligans. I know we're we live life on the edge, man. But um, (laughs) so we get to the gate, we go in, and it was just a right turn, and the house was at the very end of the street. And so we turn off all the lights, and we're creeping (laughs) down this road towards this house, and Laura's like okay, you little twerps, make this quick, you know? So we're like, okay. So we're all, like I said, we're all in black. We're all ready to go. Get out of the car. All the lights are off. And we're just very nervously, like, walking around the yard, just, like, sprinkling a little bit of toilet paper here and there. Just so timid. And after about maybe 45 seconds of us, you know, just trying to get our bearings... Some, one of us, I don't know who it was, I thought it was Audrey, thinks they hear a noise, like the door handle jiggle, (laughs) and Audrey just freaks out, (laughs) perks up, freaks out, and she just starts booking it down the road to where Laura was parked. (laughs) And so me and Heather, who are close to Audrey, start booking after Audrey, and Audrey runs, she jumps in the front seat, I jump in the back seat. And Heather jumps in the other back door. And Audrey's like,
0: Laura, drive,
4: drive. So Laura starts peeling out. And as she's picking up speed, Audrey turns, looks back, and she goes, where's Charlie? (laughs) And me and Heather look at each other. And then I look at the side door, and Charlie's not there. And I look out the door, and Charlie is just like running as fast (laughs) as he can and he's got a whole armful of toilet paper (laughs) and he's just trying to keep up and the door's wide open
3: i'm like seth racing a girl in seventh grade
4: (laughs) (laughs) and uh and audrey's like charlie's not in the car and at this point laura's already like hitting 15 20 miles per hour and at the very last second charlie just realizes he's not gonna make it he's not gonna keep up so he just takes all his toilet paper and he just Chucks it into the car door, and the door the door shuts, and we leave him behind. And Laura drives to the gate, and he eventually gets back to the car, and he jumps in, and Laura goes, "So what happened?" He's like, "That was that was way too quick. Like what happened?" And Audrey's like, "I thought I heard something," and Laura's like, "Mother, are you serious? Like that's it? You thought you heard something?" And Laura's like, "Listen, we're gonna go back there." and you you guys are going to do this right and so we have the audacity the reckless ambition to go back and try again to get this to get this toilet papering thing down right so we're driving back again and laura's like pumping us up she's like okay you guys are going to be efficient. <laughs> You're going to get out there and make that place a winter wonderland. <laughs> <Get to it. laughs> wait, wait, wait,
2: wait! But before that, you had to go back and get all of those toilet papers <laughs> yeah, rolls That's that right. you, Charles <laughs> threw just, on the
4: side. All just littering the gutter. We had to pick up all these toilet paper rolls. <laughs> so, so we go back and we jump out and we're like determined to be, you know, more sedulous with this approach.
3: I don't so, know I don't know if it was the same for you, but something truly unlocked inside of me. Oh, I yeah, think all no. of us were like...
4: That is a great point <laughs> because the second go around was a totally different story. So we get out and we're just like, we're doing this thing. So we just start chucking these toilet paper rolls like we're Olympic javelin throwers. You know, just like throwing this thing over the house. They had big trees. And seriously, within like 15 minutes, we blanketed this place. Decimation, we, dude. We, yeah, dude. And we've gotten their cars. We like honestly, we've done a pretty good job.
3: I think the newspapers said the white death had yeah. struck this house. <laughs> so. That's
4: right. It, it, it,
3: Winter extreme, has come. Extreme yeah.
4: Extreme yeah. Ex, asbestos exposure at this one house or something. But so we we do a pretty good job, and at this point, our confidence is really high. And so, just as a cherry on top, Audrey and Charlie decide to go to the front door. And right in front of the front door, there are these two wide stucco pillars. And they, what they wanted to do is they wanted to take the toilet paper and wrap the toilet paper around the <laughs> pillar so that when you opened the front door, all you would see a wall. was just a, a wall of white. Nice. So I was like, yeah, that's a nice touch. So this next part, I'm going to tell from Charlie and Audrey's point of view, and then I'll switch back to my point of view. <laughs> so Charlie and Audrey go and do that. Heather's still doing her own thing. And me thinking and now that i'm just super confident in what i'm doing i'm thinking like i'm the most expert sneaky person on the planet because i've played splinter cell on xbox
2: tom clancy yes
4: that's right dude i'm just like nothing can stop me now so i'm like what's another place that i that we haven't gotten yet so i go kind of to the side of the house and there's like one four by four foot bush and I'm like, dude, this bush is so dead. I'm going <laughs> to do work on this bush. <laughs> so sure enough, I'm just like whoo, 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 throwing. Just <laughs> all encompassed yeah. on this bush. <laughs> I'm just so focused. <laughs> and so now this is going back to Audrey and Charlie's point of view. Audrey and Charlie have gotten about four feet up this pillar. They're almost done. And right then, the light to the house flips on. And instantaneously, the door swings open. And there's a man, the head of the household, and he's standing there staring right at them. And they turn like deer in headlights and they're just staring in complete terror at him. And he says, you better run like hell. (laughs) (laughs) And Audrey and Charlie just (laughs) just like, like, like faster than you've ever seen. And they take off and he takes off after them. Dude, he's oh. tearing after us. Yes. And Heather, luckily, was close by, so she's right in stride with Audrey and Charlie. Now, going back to my point of view, so I'm decorating my bush, <laughs> and I remember the only thing I heard is all of a sudden I just hear something like, blah, 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 like I hear some mumbling, and I kind of look over, and I see Charlie and Heather and Audrey running, and then I see a man in his boxers and a wife beater chasing after them, <laughs> chasing after them. And so right then I was like, oh crap. <laughs> My only choice is to chase after the man in his underwear. <laughs> like, because there's no other way out of this neighborhood. So I wish a third person would have captured this, a third party, because it would have been the funniest sight seeing three teenagers being chased by a man in his underwear. And then one lone teenager chasing the man in his underwear. And so they're running towards Laura. They're screaming,
5: Laura, Laura, start the car, start
4: the car. So they jump into the car. The guy is still chasing after him. I'm running. I'm starting to catch up to the guy. And I start veering to the other side of the street. And when I reach his same level, I turn and look at him. (laughs) And I smiled. I had a ski mask on. And he he had no idea i was co- he had no idea I was there so he turned and looked at me and was like where the heck did this guy come from there's more of them you know so he like looked at me in pure shock and i i passed by him and i see that laura and the group have already made it to the gate so i'm just i'm just tearing down the street trying to make it to the gate and luckily the guy had stopped probably because he realized how ridiculous he looked um and he's
2: I, probably barefoot too. Yeah, oh, yeah. he's
4: barefoot, of course. <laughs> <laughs> he was actually wearing Crocs. Um, <laughs> no, but so I make it there and we jump in and we drive, as we're driving home, we are like, Oh my gosh, that was so close! What if he got our license plate? What if he's gonna call the cops? And we were we were so scared that
3: not me. I was like, you know what? I do this all the time.
5: (laughs) Charlie's like, we should
4: have done something to him. Should have jumped Uh, his ass. (laughs) Uh, But we're like, I just remember being like, dude, we're so dead. Like cops are gonna break into our house, arrest us. Like no, no doubt. But luckily. We get home and, you know, nothing happened, but we just talked for the rest of the night about how exhilarating that was and just <laughs> how nothing like that had ever happened to us before <laughs> and how that was like the closest to death that we had ever come as these like 12-year-olds. <laughs>
3: exhilarating.
4: <laughs> oh, yeah. But go TPing, everybody. That's my message to you.
1: <clears throat> All right. We got to go TP right now. <sighs> All right. Let's do your story than his.
2: I do. I do have one. It- I have a story. It's short. This submission comes from a man who's in his 40s. And the story that he tells took place when he was a teenager and he was in high school. Didn't want to be named. So we'll call him Mark. Mark is going to school. And the town that he's in, he doesn't name the specific town, unfortunately. But this is a relatively small town. Not a lot happens. So when they have a murder... In this town, it's, you know, everyone's talking about it. And uh, it's like the highlight of the year, you know. Their town's getting some action finally.
1: <laughs> or low light. Oh, <laughs> use murder.
2: Sick God. fricks, dude. So um, what happened was a girl was murdered and she's in her 20s. I think she's a college student. I'm not sure if she's attending a college there or home for the holidays or something, but she's in her apartment. With this murder, what had happened was this man goes into this girl's apartment. She's not home at the time. He hides, and he waits. Oh. When she comes home, he stabs her to death. Oh. No. Yep. He runs away. A few hours later, he's caught by the cops. Hmm. And... Almost all is said and done. So they hear about, you know, every, every, everyone in town is talking about it. They see it on the news. And it was either the day after or two days later, this man who was a teenager a teenager at the time who was telling this story. Here's a knock at the door. And it's just him and his mom. So he walks over to the front door, opens it, and... In front of him are standing two cops. And they get straight to it. They bring up the murderer. They say, do you know this man? You know, first name, last name. And his initial reaction is, no, I don't. And they say, we want you to think again. No, and what? we want you to think really hard <laughs> if you know first name, last name, this murderer. <laughs> and he's sitting there and he's just thinking, you know, do I like school, sports, friends' houses, you know, friends' parents or families or his own Fathers, family, you know,
3: grandfathers, he's, his own name. He's like, am I?
2: Yeah. Am I the murderer? <laughs> he's I'm like so
4: strung out, but I can't like,
2: what did I do an hour ago or so?
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so after racking his brain. He looks at the cops again and he says, no, I don't know this man at all. The first time I ever heard of him or have seen his face was on the news, you know, after all of this happened. And he says, can I ask why? And they say, well, we caught him, you know, as you've probably already seen as well. And we were going through his apartment and in his apartment, he had a list of names no. Oh. And there were 8 names. The first one was the girl who was murdered last night. And not only was there her name, but there was a physical description of her and her I- exact address. Number 2 on the list was you.
4: Oh. Oh my gosh. Oh. What? <laughs> Well,
2: and that's yeah, that's the story. That's the game, baby. <laughs> that's the game, baby.
3: He's like,
4: I'll just, I'll do the murderer guy a favor and I'll just go commit suicide. <laughs> right Tell him to cross out that second name. <laughs> in
2: about twenty minutes, yeah. I got you, dog.
3: <laughs>
4: you got your back, man. Don't worry about it.
3: Holy
4: crap, dude! Yeah, no, that. I thought he, I thought you were gonna say for a second. He had 8 names on his list and every name was yours. <laughs> Just your name repeated 8 times. <laughs> wow. Dude, Dude, that is that is gnarly.
3: Scariest type of killers to me. I was thinking about this. It's not not a kill out of passion. Terrible, right? Bad, horrible tragedy. But the murders that are the most terrifying are the ones that like take planning. Oh yeah. And patience. So, like, he went to her house and just waited and hid and took the time to, like, figure it out. Oh, it's calculated. Because you're in a whole new game. It's cat and mouse. It's like you're being hunted. You're not in, like, an altercation. It's like you're in Saw, the movie. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Like,
4: all the guy that's watching the house that you guys talked um, about, you know, um, keeping tabs on the people that move into that house.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Like, all murders premeditated to an extent. Yeah. But the ones Mm. that are, like, you know, it's they have a whole like business plan for it. It's like
3: they have a if they have a slideshow on their computer yeah, they planning. Have a, out. They have a PowerPoint, yeah, <laughs> ready to present. Slide Number seven two, you'll see yeah. an Excel sheet boy to see insert the knife, shot. yeah, Retract Twist the it. knife. <laughs> Damn. That's terrifying. Oh, that is. Gosh. That's pretty crazy. Short and sweet. So, all of you out there, just I, before you fall asleep tonight, consider how many lists your name appears on, <laughs> and try to go to sleep. And it's probably more than you think,
4: dude. Being a dentist, I'm on a lot, man. <laughs> <laughs> you have a patient? They're like, "What was your name again? <laughs> Real quick. Uh, What's your it address? Was, it was <laughs> Charles Hash. <laughs> <laughs> you my." Uh, my email address is 3AMpodcaststories
5: <laughs> at gmail.com. Gmail. <laughs>
4: uh, okay, so I can I tell two stories? I'll tell one of them really quick.
3: You do whatever you want. <laughs> Go ahead, dog.
4: Okay. So another one's a TPing story. <laughs> it's not one that we did, but so one time I was on a date with this girl and we were just walking around my neighborhood and it was probably like, 1130 at night and we're walking back up the street towards my parents house and my parents have a huge front yard with big trees in it and everything it's kind of a good place to teepee and as we're walking towards it I see like eight to nine dudes in my yard toilet paper in our house and they have no idea that I'm here because I'm just walking quietly up the street and so I see this and I'm just like Oh buddy this is gonna be good stuff this is gonna be like a wolf amongst a wolf amongst sheep you know so i just like turned to this girl and i'm like just give me a second just let me do my thing just <laughs> just wait yourself here pretty so little I girl so i took off my shirt and <laughs> my lady hold up a sec yeah <laughs> seriously just feel my biceps real quick. He <laughs> starts
2: putting on his etnies. Yeah,
4: that's right. My Osirises. I'm just like
2: She's like, "Why are you unlacing
3: those?" <laughs> <laughs> the fatter the better, baby.
4: <laughs> and like as I start sprinting, Mandy comes out of nowhere and steals my thunder. <laughs> yeah. Rematch. <laughs> yeah. No, but so I just start running as fast as I can towards the yard and I start yelling like a madman, like, ah! and when I do that, all of these kids, like cockroaches, just start scattering, <laughs> and I'm just like, ah, get the half out of here, and You're just like screaming all sorts of crap, and so as they're running, they all run out of the yard, and they start running down the street, and because I'm like amongst them, I'm just running alongside of them, it's just this huge group. And as I'm running alongside of them, I'm yelling out their names. I'm like, oh, it's Matt Doxey. Oh, it's Jeff Buxton. Oh, you know, just like, just bagging on them as (laughs) as I'm chasing them, calling out their names. And as we're running as, as a group, I get to the front of the pack and there was just one other kid that was well in front of me. And he turns the corner and I know that that's where their car is parked. And, So I turn the corner and I leave the rest of the pack behind and I see the front kid jump into this van and I run and I jump into the van and I jump and I go to the very back seat of the van and I sit down. (laughs) And then the rest of the group comes and they all jump in one by one and none of them realize that I'm in there. (laughs) (laughs) So, So the last kid jumps in, shuts the door and he's like, drive, drive. And right when he says that, I go, Uh, I don't think you can leave with me in here. And in unison, they all just turn their heads. (laughs) And they all see me sitting there by myself in the back. And they're just in shock. And one kid just goes,
5: get out of here.
4: (laughs) (laughs) So so I jumped out of the van. And if you know anything about toilet papering, there's an unwritten rule that if you get caught, you have to clean it up, of course. (laughs) Well, no no they drive off and never come back and so you better believe that for the rest of the school year whenever i saw those dudes i gave them hell all day (laughs) so when are you coming back to clean up my yard and every single one of them just denied denied like i don't know what you're talking about and i would like do it in front of people i'd be like oh yeah you're (laughs) like yeah you're gonna come back and clean up tonight right and Nobody knew what I was talking about. And they, like I said, they never, you know, that, fessed up to it.
2: That's so impressive. <laughs> they got got. Yeah. <laughs>
3: And but then you went back and picked up your girl and put her on your shoulder. And That's
4: <laughs> right. We we rode off on a stallion, <laughs> if, a.k.a. my Toyota Corolla.
2: <laughs> if he did that to me, I would have been so impressed. I would have cleaned up I your yard, slow and I, I would have come back monthly to mow it for you. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. Like <laughs> oh,
5: yeah.
4: yeah. And... I won't tell this one, but that was the second time that I had caught people toilet papering our house. But <laughs> I, it was honestly, it was just being in the right place at the right time. But that one was especially satisfying. Um, but I'll tell this scary story now. So this was one that I just recently heard from one of my classmates. A lot of my classmates love to go hiking, and Las Vegas is a great place for it because Red Rock is right, you know, right next door. So there's this one dude. He goes hiking all the time, and he goes with his wife a lot. And he said this is, like, right at the beginning of dental school. And, yeah, there's this hike in Red Rock. It's an awesome hike. It's called Bridge Mountain. And have you been on it, Sean? I don't think so. heard of it? You should try it sometime. It's really fun. But basically, one reason why it's so great is because at some points, it's pretty treacherous. Like, you're going up, you know, like a steep, rocky embankment. And you eventually reach, like, this really high plateau. And there's like little ponds up there, whatever. So it's fun. So how this trail works is you drive up the road to kind of the, the very start of this trail, but you get to a point where it's like a dry riverbed and lots of people that have Jeeps or trucks will keep going up the riverbed because you know, their vehicle can take it. But most people that drive their cars, they just hike up the riverbed and get to the main trailhead. So my buddy had a nice Jeep, so he and his wife decide to go to Bridge Mountain, on, and they're going to camp out. They're just going to bring their cots, so no tent. They take their Jeep. They go up the dry riverbed. They get to the trailhead. They park, and they hike, I don't know, a couple miles, and they decide to camp out at this spot where the trail, you're kind of up on this, this ledge, and the trail winds down kind of this steep mountainside. And it eventually leads to this really flat rock, like really wide, expansive rock face. And there's huge bushes all over the place. It's really cool terrain. And so they set up their cots. They eat dinner. They're going to bed. And as they're falling asleep, it's like 1030, they hear something. And this is what they hear. My friend said he just hears like somebody's running down the trail towards them and he and his wife just their eyes pop open and they're just like dude somebody is coming down that trail and all of a sudden the sound of the footsteps stops Mm. and they're like oh f no this person (laughs) is standing somewhere by us but there's huge bushes everywhere like it's they don't want to sit up and you know like look around and whoever this is see them so they're sitting there and maybe 5 to 10 seconds goes by where they don't hear anything <laughs> and then they hear this and the way my friend told me this it like it really like <laughs> it had an effect on me he's like i we heard this so loudly like it it sounded like it was surround sound but they hear like really deep inhaling like somebody was having like a panic attack and he said it was like piercing and because it was so loud they couldn't determine where it was coming from they like he's like i feel like it was somewhere in front of us but i'm not gonna sit up and be like hey who is that you know (laughs) And he just said they're laying there, and they're hearing this person just gasp. Like,
5: <gasps> <gasps>
4: and he said this probably goes on for about 20 seconds, this person just wheezing. And he said his wife is just like, what are we going to do? You know, like, <laughs> we were like, what is that? I'm terrified. So he says he, wanting to be a man <laughs> for his wife, like, to, wants to do something about this situation. So he goes, who is that? And he uh, says, right when he says that, he just hears, ksh, 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 like this, whoever it was, just takes off. And his wife is like, what do we do? Like, this is so unnerving. <laughs> like, like, what are we going to do? And they were laying there and they're trying to decide, like, what just happened? What are we going to do? And as they're, like, talking this over, they hear, ksh, 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 ksh. they hear somebody else no! running down the trip. But <laughs> here's the kicker. It's two people. They hear two uh, they hear two people running down the trail. And this time the, the
2: second time. Second time. There's two there's two people. So the first
4: time of, somebody had run down the trail, they had stopped right around where they were and they were just gasping for breath. And he said it was like he was only hearing inhaling and they take off and then these two more people come running by. And he said, this time, they don't stop. They just hear these two people plow through the bushes, like, just running through. And they just run on by, like they're chasing somebody. And right then, he's like, we're getting out of here. There's no way we're, like, this is, (laughs) this is way too real and scary. So they get their flashlights, they grab their cots, and they just start booking down the trail back to where their jeeps parked he said, they've never hiked so fast. (laughs) He said, they get to the trailhead. There's their Jeep. And there's another Jeep at the trailhead that had made the trek up the dry riverbed. And he said, as they're walking up to it, the door to the Jeep is wide open. And there's a blanket draped over the door. And they're just like, holy crap. What is going on? Like, this is so fishy. (laughs) <laughs> and
3: he said like disposing body yeah fishy.
4: immediately he's thinking this is some weird crime like or some like this is like a mob thing i don't he, you know who knows so they get to this jeep and they're looking around they're looking inside and they don't see anything except this blanket and his wife is like what do we do, do we call the police should we call the police and he's like but we say to the police you know like do like? I can't be like, oh, there's for sure a murder or a kidnap going on. And they're just trying to decide what they're going to do. So what he does is he gets the license plate to, smart. you know, smart move. I was like, good. And they're not in cell reception. So they drive down into town and he decides to call the cops. And he says, he explains to the cops the situation. He's like, here's what we heard. Here's what we saw. I have the license plate for you. And the cop is just like, okay, we'll have to send a park ranger up there because it's, you know, we can't get up there. So he says, you know, the next day goes by and I I can't remember if he called the police station or if they called him back, but the next day he gets in contact with the police again and they said, yeah, the park ranger went up there and there was no Jeep. Like, uh, and they weren't saying it like we don't believe you, but they were saying like by the time he got up there, it wasn't there. And they're like, (laughs) and we ran the plate number, and it was stolen. It was a stolen Jeep. And so my friend's like, so what does that mean? (laughs) And the police were like, we don't know. It was a stolen Jeep, and we'll keep you updated if we hear anything. And still to this day, he has Uh no idea whatever happened with the Jeep, who those people were. And what happened after he heard this person run by and the two other people chasing that person? <laughs> but I said, Can you imagine if you would have stood up or something after the first person ran by and the second group of people came running down? They probably would have decided to do one of two things they would have tried to play it off, or they would have just, dis- or Get they would have the mistook you for that person. <laughs> and taking you out, you know? And he's like, oh, yeah, no, I've I've run through every scenario in my head.
1: And he's like, it was terrifying. So Here's what I think. Yeah, what's your theories, boys? (laughs) If I was the bad guy and I roll up and see this other Jeep. Why do you immediately
3: go to, you're the bad guy?
1: (laughs) And if I'm trying to dump a body, I'm not going to do it there because there's people who could witness So that means logically to me that they were actually there trying to get someone else, not dumping a body. Trying to get someone else, what do you mean? Like they were just searching for someone out there by themselves.
3: Hmm. The noises to me sounds like the first person was running from them, like the second group, and they were chasing. But I don't know, who
1: knows? Could be.
4: Also, what might have happened too is as they were coming up that riverbed, the person that they had kidnapped, assuming that they had kidnapped, might have jumped out and True. run up ahead and then they ran then then they drove up and they weren't anticipating seeing another Jeep up there and they had to, you know, make a quick stop. And that might be one of the reasons why the door was wide open and everything like yeah, that.
1: It sounds like they took off in a hurry. Um yeah, whoever was kidnapped saw the Jeep and was probably thinking, oh, this person's yeah. with them. How right. close
2: was this Jeep to their Jeep? I mean, it, it
4: had to have been really, really close because the little parking spot at the trailhead is tiny, you know, like just enough for you to make a U-turn. So probably their Jeep was right here, and they were probably just like wedged mm-hmm. right up against it, you
2: know. In my head, picturing it, I thought they were parked right next to each other. Yeah. That's so if the was door thinking, was open. Yeah. I don't know if I would get in my Jeep. I'd crawl in through the other side.
1: (laughs) No, no, I know what you're saying, because, like, what if it's a trap or something? Dude, I would flatten the tires, too, of the other Jeep. That would have been smart. Slash.
4: Yep. Again, though, like, if you put yourself in his situation, you'd be like, what do I do? Do I call the cops? Is this a crime scene? Yeah, because, like, I haven't witnessed any crime. I'm just freaked out a little bit, you know, by Mm. noises that I heard. Um, what if
3: it was just a jogger who's like practicing for a marathon or something? And you're yeah. like, I'm going to flatten all your tires. <laughs>
1: well, they uh, shouldn't have been creepy for running at night. We've you know? talked about this Rick before. Ready. People need to not be creepy. I that's mean, you're true. right. It is their <laughs> fault. <laughs> it <laughs> is my right to be creepy. I'll be <laughs> creepy if I want. Oh, dude,
3: that's crazy. Yeah. I want to ask you a, something. Okay. One, what's your favorite story that's been told so far? And two, oh. what was it like laying in that tent when that little boy <laughs> said, are you guys telling oh! scary stories?
2: <laughs> You're that one? Oh, yeah. Oh, real quick, dude. real quick
3: for the listeners. Seth's laying in a tent and the scary kid who's <laughs> never talked says, are you guys telling scary stories? Dude. Can I join you? And <laughs> nope. proceeds nope. to tell
2: the scariest story. That was told on some episode a while back. That's
3: that's definitely like one of the earliest ones. Yeah. yeah. Single
2: digit times.
4: Yeah. I think it was episode eight or nine or something like that. Um, that was Seth. That was me. And that was definitely without a doubt the scariest moment of my life. <laughs> like that's why I remember it so vividly. Yeah, like, I won't retell the story, but I'll just hit all the the high points. Nobody knew this kid. Nobody spoke to him. He didn't speak to anybody. And me and my f- two friends are just having a grand old time telling our own stories, our lame-ass stories. <laughs> I think getting all spit. You guys
3: are telling level ones. Yeah. And, and Big Dick Boy comes in and throws down a 10. No, I
4: know. <laughs> He's, like, he's probably listening. And he's like, dude, these chumps. I'm gonna go and rock their worlds with <laughs> the with story. No, but we were laying there, and like, like Charlie mentioned, Charlie told the story perfectly. I, I told Charlie that the only detail that was off was just one of the names of the kids that was in the tent. But other than that, and and Charlie said his name because that was like the only friend Charlie like knew and got acquainted with. But but um, yeah, we were sitting there telling the stories, and we heard somebody just slowly walking through the woods towards our tent and we're just like dude like bigfoot's coming up you know who is that so my friend was like who is that nobody answers they're getting closer and he's like who is that nobody answers and then finally we see like this silhouette outside our tent and they start unzipping our tent (laughs) and this kid peeks his head in and he's like hey i can't sleep on my cot can i sleep with you guys (laughs) <laughs> and we were just like, oh, okay, oh, yeah. I don't know why we said okay. I should have just been like, heck no, get out of here, you creep. Like, <laughs> no, but so he like gets in, and like Charlie told, we kept telling our stories, and then he told his story <laughs> about his brother. But oh, another detail that I wanted to mention is that when he said that he turned and saw his brother levitating above his bed. I just got chills. He said... That he had witnessed that twice. That had happened on two separate occasions, not one. And then he said the third time that it happened is when he woke up from his dream and had that horrible feeling and turned and his brother wasn't there. And then he went to the door and he looks out the door into the dark hallway. And he said the bathroom was across the hallway facing him. And his brother was standing in the door of the bathroom, the dark bathroom. And he said that his brother was just facing him, blank face. He said his brother's name, you know, whatever it was. Kevin, I'll use Kevin. (laughs) But he's like, Kevin. And he said that his brother just started walking across the hall towards him to his side, gets to the wall, and just starts to step up it. Like he's, like gravity does not work. (laughs) And he said the second he sees him stepping up the wall, he's just gone like he blinks and he's not there and he hears this thud behind him and he turns around and his brother's just fast asleep in his bed (laughs) 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 and so when he told us that i think we stayed silent for like 45 minutes nobody said a word And that's, pr- that's because I had peed and pooped my pants and pooped my pants again. <laughs> and, and finally, he was like, so yeah, what do you think of that? <laughs> <laughs> and then we we stayed silent for another 45 minutes we were like what do you think we think of that we had like checked out mentally we were just like we might as well just committed suicide in our heads like um and so like well
3: have you ever wanted to kill yourself
4: (laughs) (laughs) so he's like yeah what do you think of that and my friend taylor goes I think we should stop telling scary <laughs> stories for the night. <laughs> oh, get the hell out of our tent, and, he, and and we're like, yeah, let's just go to bed. So we, I remember I probably stayed up the latest. No joke, I I probably stayed up till like five thirty, and then I fell asleep for well, I don't know half an hour, and then we woke up at six. I was like, well, that was the worst night of my life. <laughs> And this kid just got out of her tent, went and got his stuff.
3: Walked up a tree and you never saw him again. <laughs>
4: <laughs> just flew off the cliff. <laughs> um, but we went back home and I maybe saw this kid two or three times after this and didn't speak to him, of course. Like, I'm not going to be like, hey, tell that story again. That was just so good. Like, But like, I never really saw him again. He just kind of just disappeared Mm. he was the
2: uh, he was the russian camp counselor
4: (laughs) he was lola he he, was all of those
3: people (laughs) if you haven't caught on by now all the stories we told actually have a subtle backstory where they're all connected so (laughs) oh yeah dude now you know that's terrifying
1: oh yeah it that's was terrifying, so but funny. I'm so glad that it that's happened. So <laughs> funny. Bro, that kid just like opening your tent in the first place. That's how you catch hands, bro. How, you get a <laughs> pocket knife thrown at your ass for doing that.
3: Dude, my Swiss is coming Especially at if you. you don't say anything. I like, had my knuckle crocs
4: cocked and ready, you know, <laughs> <laughs> ready to just do uh, work.
2: I have my knife fighting merit badge.
4: <laughs> yeah. I've got my cast iron
3: skillet because we were... <laughs>
2: Uh, stranger beware
3: uh, what did you learn from this episode
4: oh man i learned that you guys are just as amazing as <laughs> what i expected you to be okay shush
3: uh, <laughs> uh switching questions <laughs> how do you so you truly do get like 40 at least like 60 percent of my stories how do you do that
4: oh okay quite honestly i ask nearly every single person i talk to to tell me their scary story and i have no shame in doing it quite honestly and the reason why is because and like i don't mean i don't mean to sound like a pathetic groupie i mean i kind of am but this story has become like a pretty good percentage of my life (laughs) and i take such pleasure in listening to it and this podcast or yeah what did i say this story oh yeah this story yeah this podcast Um, but no joke, like it really has been a whole lot of fun. And so, and at this point in my life, I'm like, dude, who cares? Like, (laughs) why not ask people what their scariest story is? And quite honestly, like a lot of people have been more than willing to share. Like the guy, the, the orthopedic surgeon, I'm glad I asked him. Is that the one with the hands? With the hands, yeah. Oh yeah. And I actually sent him that episode after you told it. And he was very grateful, and he like got a kick out of it and loved it. Um, it's a
2: good question.
4: Oh, yeah, no, like, it, like there hasn't been a single person that I've asked that have been that has really just been like, that's weird. I mean. Pretty well, Sean, much everyone's like, oh, that's, you know, that's Sean fair does it
3: with his Tinder dates on date one, so I'm sure they're it's like... It's in my tagline, too. Do I need to What's call your the story?
4: Well, that's how Alicia and I met, my wife, because <laughs> <laughs> we bonded through scary stories. <laughs> Is it really? No. no. Oh. <laughs> I was like, what? I was starting no. to get a little hope, and then I was
3: dashed
1: <laughs> <No>. instantly.
4: <laughs> when I heard that Sean did that, I was like, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs>
3: bold move, bold move. <laughs> No. That's but, cool. So if you have any reservations out there, don't because Seth doesn't, and you should be more like Seth. <laughs> ask for them stories. My the
4: the final thing that I want to say though is honestly, like everyone listening, this podcast is like too much fun. Like it's it really is amazing. Go out there and ask away. Find out all you can about scary stories. Try and experience them yourself. <laughs> but no, no kidding. It's been a lot of fun, like sharing them, giving them to Charlie, and hearing them from other people. And as DJ said, it's it's a fun question, and it's and just feeling adrenaline, getting scared. I think is is like a good thing to do every now and then. Like it, it, it even science shows that when you have an acute moment of that epinephrine pumping through your body, you remember those moments a lot better than other moments in your life and so it provides spice to your life <laughs> so go out and do it <laughs> that's that spicy really science nice. <laughs>
2: that's we, right we didn't pay you that much <laughs> <to say> that.
3: <laughs> i know I'm, I'm really waxing like brown nosing right now but <laughs> seth you misread the thing i typed out for you to say the truth is I hate all these guys. <laughs> they paid me a lot
4: hey, to come on here. The truth
2: is we hate ourselves too. So. <laughs> yeah. Join the club. <laughs>
4: <laughs> you guys really are despicable. I'm out. <laughs> no. Awesome.
3: Well, anything else, guys? Hey, um, Just like housekeeping stuff, guys, we have a website coming. We have a Patreon because we're poor. We have
2: YouTube and episodes. We have merch and a store. On my like, on our list of things to do, I think those are like the main biggest things.
3: And they're all getting done, if not by the time this is released, very soon.
2: Anyway, and that's the game, <laughs> baby. <laughs>
3: <laughs> all right, so everyone out there, uh, bye, love you, be safe.
2: I don't know, trust your cut or whatever,
1: <laughs> watch your back. Yeah, thanks for listening to. Like, <laughs>
3: I, I was thinking, Sean should start saying "R.I.P. Jordan," "R.I.P. Jordan." <laughs> <laughs> Jordan. <laughs> that will be Sean saying. <laughs>
4: My saying will be, don't talk to the loner kid. (laughs)
1: Just say no. Yeah, just say (laughs) no. no. (laughs) Awesome. All right, thanks, Seth.
3: Thank you. Goodbye.
1: submit them to our website, the3ampodcast.com. We love any audio or visual aids that can help bring your stories to life. So file uploads are welcome with your written submissions. We're anxious and excited to hear from you.
0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary, Void or prohibited by law, see terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi, this is Amy and Vanessa from She Goes By Jane, where we shine light on the stories of missing and unidentified women. On November 7th, we're sharing Nahita's story for the first time in a podcast. And this is a story that I thought I knew but after reading police reports, became more complicated than I thought. When investigators are called to Nahida Khatib's house, everything looks fine. Her purse is on the kitchen table, her cup of coffee is on the counter, and her two-year-old niece is in her playpen. The only thing amiss? Nahida is missing.
5: Every week, we feature a poem written in honor of the person we're talking about. This week, we're joined by one of our favorite actresses. You might know her from Sister Act or King of the Hill or The Descendants,
4: but if you're like us, you'll know her from Hocus Pocus. She's the much-beloved Kathy Najimi. Join us November 7th to hear Nahida's story.